Hello, welcome to another episode of Wild Wisdom Podcast. This is a very special episode. This is the start of a 10 episode long series of why we love all the movies in the 80s. <laughs> the 80s is a very important decade for us. We grew up during this period watching all of these fantastic films. It's a lot of actors' first time in film roles and we want to kind of discuss our favorites and we want to talk about perhaps some lesser known movies that came out during each year so each episode is going to be looking at each year this episode is 1980 of course and we're going to start off with our favorites so i think we'll probably kick off with empire strikes back and of course i'm joined by the crew today the bad boy amp studios crew alan hello there and mark hello there this is our first time together, and we've, we've done some one-on-one -on -one podcasts in the past, but we're going to trigger off today with Alan's love for Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, which is the second one of the original trilogy. That is correct. This was obviously a, a big one. It was very, I think it's, it, funny enough, it was actually the first Star Wars film I ever saw. Believe it or not, I, I saw this one first. Yeah. I didn't see A New Hope, it wasn't New Hope then, but I didn't see the original Star Wars film until after Empire Strikes Back. So being four, five years old when I first saw it, I didn't quite understand. So it would have been on TV. It would, yeah. It was actually it was on TV because obviously I, I did the only, the only one I saw on cinema was the one after yeah. Return of the Jedi. So when you, when your dad plonked you down because you said that in the in the previous podcast, that's correct. Yeah, shut up and listen to this. Yeah, the one he plonked me down <laughs> was, this, yeah. was Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and now while watching it, obviously many years later when it, when I saw it on home video release and obviously various TV edits and re-sculpturing of the whole visual effects and whatnot it's um, yeah you can see it. it's it's a bigger film it's a better film everything is just so much bigger in it well it speaks to a lot about the technology that they they went from in the first one episode four to episode five because it was all just sort of like all these ships were made you know from balsa wood and, and plasticine and all this kind of stuff yeah, so exactly it's nice to see that evolution in the second one they just they just kind of went all out with it because obviously i think the original one was made in kind of like a shoestring in terms of the budget and obviously george lucas made a deal with fox at the time and they kind of laughed him off thinking you're never going to get a sequel but he made a shed load of money from the first one and i thought you know what i'm not going to bother with the studio anymore T to a point i'm just going to go out and make this one myself and he actually went to a bank and asked them for a loan i'm making a star wars film can i have this amount of money yes you can thank you very much <laughs> And then he just got Fox basically to distribute it afterwards. Couldn't do that now. No, you couldn't. What's the problem? <laughs> was was this the film where he reveals to Luke that he's his dad, or is that the? Yeah, Dave Prowse, who obviously played Vader in the films, didn't know the lines. He 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 had a, he had lines, but he didn't know the real lines. He was well. He thought his voice was going to be used. He, he did, yeah. The old. Uh, so yeah, he knew next to the old nothing. Yorkshireman. Yeah, he didn't. He oh, didn't. He went to West Country, wasn't he? Uh, well, yes, that's right. Yeah, he had a right burr. Yeah. Who are who are Luke? I'm your father, by the way. Oh, yeah. my lad. <laughs> yeah, he was given a false page, allegedly, oh. when he was doing, you know, oh, page of a script. He was doing, he, you know, the whole join me and this kind of stuff. Right. The, the original line he was given was Obi Wan killed your father. But James Earl Jones, who obviously recorded the voice for Vader, he was given the real line, obviously. Ah. And then didn't like Lucas pulled. Um, fucking Luke Skywalker into a room and said right this is the actual line they did yeah they said they pulled him aside <laughs> said, he's going to he's going to give you this line but the real line's this so uh, the actors he's saying they're giving you this line 
obviously Ham was kind of confused thinking why can't you just give him the line anyway but <laughs> secret. because this is, the time, secret. this is the time before internet because yeah, I was going to say it's pre-internet yeah. Yeah. imagine keeping that a secret now yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. exactly you just, you just go anywhere because you, you've got Twitter now and Facebook and Instagram and you can't keep a secret for anything yeah. and obviously yeah but not long after that I think episode 4 was shown on TV Okay. and I felt it was quite scary actually Especially when you focus on some some guys, I'm getting cleaved off, and there's yeah, blood there. Mm. For you, it's quite bloody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 uh, Aunt Baru and Aunt Glowin, the uh, skeletal burned to death. Yeah, you know? Exactly. That's yeah, quite, yeah. That's yeah. quite freaky yeah. for yeah. you. You, you can do that to me. No. But when yeah. did you start getting into horror movies, though? Wasn't that around the same time you started getting into all of that? Yeah, the horror the horror film thing came into it around about yeah, not long afterwards because I didn't care. My mum and dad were obviously. You know, say don't come in here because we're watching a scary film. And I'm like, okay, but I walk in there anyway. But you would just, yeah, well, that just they made were, it worse. They were too into it, and I just, I just sit there with my hands over my, uh, over my eyes. But yeah, so you got the first taste of blood. Yeah, I got, I got the blood <laughs> taste from that. <laughs> oh, well, yes. I'm, 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 my mum just said, no, it's not real. I was like, okay, sure. I was gonna say you knew it was a film. Uh, I just had, uh, a, I just had a problem with decapitations back when I was a kid. I didn't like that. Getting stabbed. It's probably quite normal. I'd imagine. Yeah, paled, strangled, drowned, no problem. But yeah. since someone's head comes off, that's it. I say that's natural to be not liking that. Yeah, still, still a bit squeamish. Yeah, but yeah, I'll touch on the the horror thing a bit later with a another. Of course, 80s, yes. 80s classic. Yes, there'll, there'll be quite a number of them, I'm sure, in this series. Uh, Mark, you wanted to yes. discuss... The one from this year that sticks out for me is Raging Bull. Uh-huh, is okay. Martin Scorsese's Robert De Niro. At the time, when Scorsese made it, it was going to be his last film, because he'd been quite ill in hospital for like a year or so. He had, he had quite a long time, because he's severely asthmatic and then he developed a, a, in his private life a really bad cocaine habit oh, wow. um, and he was close to death and I think he credited De Niro with kind of pulling him out of it saying listen oh, wow. yeah no he did he, he, he said he said when he was in hospital we'd come and visit him a lot and said um, you know the best thing for you to uh, when you're back on your feet is to go you know to do what you love most which is to direct films he says, and I've got something I think we could do together. And, and he took a lot of persuading Scorsese because he's not a natural sports lover. And he didn't really know about boxing, but then he sort of sat on it and then was watching some old films. I think it was uh, The Champion with Kirk Douglas and it's like an old black and white film. And he and he saw it as like, a you know, the gladiator in the ring, in the, in the arena and the blood sort of flying onto the fur coats of the rich people in the audience and yeah. things like that. You know, and yeah. he suddenly, something clicked for him. He's like, no, I can do it. Because he thought, well, this if I'm going to do it, I'm going to throw everything I know about films into this film. Like, I'm going to throw all my things I've learned, all my bag of tricks, I'm going to put it in there. If this is going to be my last one, this is then this will be it. And uh, and at the time, the film stock wasn't, you know, it was fading at the time. Like, it wasn't going to last, so he decided to do it black and white. Um, early, early sort of technology. Yeah, the, techno- yeah, the, the, the film stock wasn't where it was. So he, he thought, we're black and white, it will last plus it fits with the period of the 1940s in which it's set so he, he thought well yeah let, let's do it and um so in that time de niro's at the height of his method madness sort of thing and he 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 bulked up to uh, middleweight fighting weight and um then they paused filming for six months while he sort of went to italy and ate his way around europe uh, as well as italy you know and then put on put on put on too much weight because all the muscle mass he put on as the boxer uh immediately turned a fat a lot quicker than he expected and um oh, wow. so before he said he said we could film like 20 takes if we had to of a certain scene and now we can make about three because his breathing was all struggling uh, and thing he was too too bit too overweight 
Wow. But he was dedicated to the role <laughs> to that point. Um, and, but ultimately, he got an Oscar for it. De Niro, he's the you know, best actor and everything. And Scorsese should have won. Yeah, that, that year it went to uh, Robert Redford for his film debut for Ordinary People. Uh, a lot of people define it as the, um, you know, the, the first sort of great film of, of this year. Mm. That's that's that to me, and it, and it holds up still now. You know. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, we should move on swiftly. I'll talk about Airplane because Airplane is. I tell you, I think the first movie of its kind. It's got to be right because oh, it, yeah. it was well, the very. Spoof. Yeah, the spoof. Yeah, they they had spoofs. Uh, you had the Three Stooges and stuff, yeah, and, they, and all of that kind of weirdness. But you had Get Smart, uh, kind of in the in, before that. You know, the the spy series okay. that that was Mel Brooks kind of created that, and that was a kind of yeah. that humor, that 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 kind of spoof humor where it was. You but know, as a movie form, yeah, the movie form. It's. I more mean, the, this this oh, this doesn't fucking pull any punches. It opens up with just the first yeah, gag. It's, it's literally the, the whole film is gag after gag after gag. Just, I don't know any other film that has. Just continuous, like continuous jokes, relentless gag. I mean, you look at something in the background. There's something going on in yeah, the background. Yeah, everything is crammed. To, I think the directors who put it's literally it's like a you push everything into the wardrobe. And you think, oh, we we'll just squeeze one more thing in there, one more thing, one more thing. And it's literally busting it at the seams. Uh, as <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many moments I could pick out, but I think my favourite <laughs> idea of this film is that you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I have to be careful with how I approach this, but it's it's these these, these two black guys sitting down and they're just talking to each other like, oh hey man, yeah yeah, what oh, shit man. <laughs> this lady's okay, I can speak jive, and she starts talking black to them. Uh, and it's the man. funniest thing I've ever yeah. fucking seen, man. And I, I, I you couldn't do it today. Cut me some slack, Jack. Cut me some slack, Jack. Jabba, you got no brains in it. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah. But I mean, like, there's there's so many other. There's jokes so many, that yeah. Close to the bone. Uh, you got the pilot uh, uh, making sort of making those those really suggestive. Dodgy. You know, <laughs> never seen a grown man naked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the Turkish prison. In, in the Turkish prison. Yeah. Do you like movies about gladiators? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Relentless jokes. Yeah. But that's, um, that's all they are. It's just, it's just sort of the, 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 that sort of humour. It's just he's spoken. It's never sort of. But like, push... <laughs> because I, obviously some of the jokes are planned and they're constructed and stuff. But I, I, I know for a fact that there must be moments where they chose takes because the actor decided to act a certain way. Well, and, yeah. But... What's also great is that the, the actors they chose were proper actors. They weren't comedians. So you got yeah. someone like Leslie Nielsen, who we all think is hilarious now. I think uh, up until this point, he was he, doing serious, serious things. Yeah. He, yeah, he he was the captain on the Poseidon adventure, you know. Right. And and you, you I mean, now it's yeah. quite funny when you watch it. You think, well, of course it's bound to capsize. Look who the captain is, you know. But he was a straight actor, and uh, as was the guy who played the captain of the plane. Peter but Graves. and he plays it seriously. Yeah, that's that's what's, that's why it's funny. <laughs> the <laughs> fact is that not not one person in this film plays it for laughs. They play it entirely with the exception, I suppose, of um, how about some more coffee, Johnny? No thanks. He, <laughs> he, he's the one guy who's generally having fun and 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 making yeah. jokes to the camera. But, but everyone else is actually playing it straight as if it was a real disaster movie. I do want to nod back to the pilot again because there's a bit <laughs> towards the end, right? 
where uh, he's eating the fish or whatever it is. <laughs> and oh, the doctors are describing the symptoms. Behind, yeah, they're yeah. describing behind him what's going on, and he's he's actually going through it. Through them, yeah. And there's this one bit he'll where he's like, and then, he'll, dizzy, and then he'll, he'll dizzy, start and getting then, a rash, and he'll start with flatulence, and then you'll start dribbling, and then he goes <laughs> <laughs> like a, like a baby would do. I, I lost it. Oh, it's brilliant. Man, I nearly the, died. The, the know, whole oh mate, the whole Saturday Night Fever routine. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, because that, that kind of do, 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 do. <laughs> that puts it at a time and place because it was obviously spoofing things that were popular at the time, and that was yeah, that was one of the, them. the opening was Jaws, wasn't it? The opening was Jaws, was, yeah, with Jaws, the, the, the fin going through the yeah, yeah. the clouds, yeah. yeah. So it's um, yeah, it, it, it was it was first of its kind, first really. of its kind, and then they obviously went on to do they did another airplane film, and then they and then they, of course they uh, had the Naked Guns films on the right. back of them, you know, well, so. yeah. Fast, the, the Fast and Police Squad. Police squad, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was the precursors. Oh, they 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 fell in love with Le Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, he he, he was a godsend to them because uh, they actually designed everything around him after that. You know, you can't tell me for another two hours. No, we can't see it for yeah. another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just like yeah. this gag after gag. Yeah, yeah. Okay. get to hospital. What is it? It's a hospital with patients. We're more about that right now. But, <laughs> but that's not important right yeah. now. If, if like you want to watch bollocks, then yeah. you don't have to think, and you want to laugh, then your yeah, airplane is one for you, mate. That's one, yeah. What do we move on to? What do we want to discuss? Because there's, there's, well, there's quite the, a few left to talk about. Yeah, there's quite a few. I mean, the, the, the biggest films that year, obviously, Alan's uh, Empire Strikes Back was number one. Well, and Air, airplane was number two. Stir Crazy. Stir Crazy with um, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. I mean, that was great. They, that was their second film after... Um, their second duo? After, yeah, after uh, Silver Streak. Uh, which is Alan and I. Patrick McCarthy. Did they, did they yeah. do See No Evil after this? That was, yeah, that was about yeah. uh, that was the third Spacey's one they did. Right. Yeah, 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 Spacey. But Stir Crazy is great because they actually filmed that in a real prison. And, oh, really? um, yeah. What's great about these two, I've got to say, that like jazz musicians, they riff off each other because they improvise a lot. And on Silver Street, they improvised a lot and just let them go. But both Wilder and Pryor said, like in their private lives, they never hung out together. The only time they ever saw each other is when they made these films. And, oh, wow. and, and yeah, and he said, he said, it's only for some reason, some kind of chemistry between them, they Did put they them on like screen. Each other no, no, they, 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 they didn't not like each other. They, they respect each other immensely. But they, they just said, they just privately, yeah. Jeans, uh, you know, sit down with a nice cup of Earl Grey and a biscuit. And, and, and that time Richard Pryor was a raving. Uh, cocaine abusing nutter yeah um so their lies wouldn't not necessarily mix but on set and when the cameras are rolling gene wilder said i don't know what it was and richard pryor kind of said he says we're not even going to try and explain why but for some reason he just comes alive and he says i'll do something which will inspire richard to reply with something and i'll reply with something and we haven't planned back. anything yeah. and they will literally then there's a scene in stir crazy where they arrive in the prison for the first time and they're just about to go in their cell and, and Jim Wilder breaks down and says, oh my God, we're in prison. And he's just like, I'm glad you just realised that, motherfucker. <laughs> get, you know. And he freaks out and he starts jumping on the uh, guards' backs and freaking out and Richard Pryor's trying to calm him down. And he calms Jim Wilder down because Jim Wilder does hysterical, uh, you know, brilliant. Oh, he's, you he's know, brilliant. His, it, yeah. his breakdown, like, you know, even at the end of Willy Wonka and everything, yeah. he's just, he, he does hysterical brilliant. So he just calms him down and you can tell it was improvised and the guards are trying not to laugh. So he just calms him down and then there goes, are you all right? Yep, I'm all right now. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm sorry. I apologize. 
And then Richard Pryor goes, ah, and he rips off his shirt. And then he freaks out, and they're trying to calm, he tries to calm him down. And it's just, it's, it's brilliant to watch. It's, it's, it's a good... They just worked. In... They just worked. And yeah. he said, we said, we didn't try and question it, but he said, we just rolled with it. And what you see on screen is what uh, what happened. I, I know I know that a lot of a lot of TV shows copied things that they did. Yeah. In terms of the situations that they got themselves. Yeah, in. but it's not the same, you know, because no, the, the, the no. magic's not there. You yeah. know, the, from Silver Streak, uh, Alan will tell you that there's their first film, and Richard Pryor does a show up for like the first hour or so. That's right. It? Yeah. Then, yeah. It's, it's just it's just it's a Gene Wilder show. Yeah. yeah. And then and yeah. then suddenly because they suddenly got together and the director's like, well, hang on a minute. This isn't in the script. I just roll with it. Probably and seen in the uh, in the toilets. In the so yeah, with it, we try and get him on the train. Somehow, train so exactly. He's, he's got to disguise himself in a way that you again wouldn't get away with. Exactly. You they stand. Get away with that now. <laughs> but at the time they rolled with it, and and um and it's it's a classic. You know, it's it's, it's a great. They gelled so well. Yeah, they gelled so well, and they thought we can't not um use these two mm. uh thing, and they, and they only made like four films, I think, ultimately uh, together. You'll but, you'll find throughout this series that we're doing that there's a lot of this firsts element because um, it's the, stu the the studios and the producers giving these people a chance and this is probably our running theme throughout the whole talk of, of this series is that if you give little guys a chance that shows some promise then you'll produce some really good work and a lot of the work that's come out of the 80s is because of this yeah giving people a chance and letting them run their mouth and ad lib and stuff and directors find some beauty in it they put it together well, and then the audience fucking love it and this leads nicely onto um what we mentioned earlier heaven's gate because at the time the director was in charge and um heaven's gate was a film directed by michael cimino mm -hmm. and he just made the deer hunter which was a big hit and won loads of awards and a big box office and this film called heaven's gate which is Richie's Chris Walken and Jeff Bridges and Willem Dafoe's first role in, oh, in, in okay. cinema and it um and it went grossly over budget grossly over time and it was the 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 film that's picked out of basically ending this the 70s era of the directors the auteur you know the the the, the directors medium yeah and suddenly it became as the 80s went on more of a studio based um thing where they called the shots rather than the creativity of the writers and directors calling the shots it was it was in the 70s it was all um coppola and scorsese and spielberg and mm. things they could they could do no wrong and the studios trusted them to do the great work and kind of left them to it but by the, this film is usually singled out as the end of the, that era because it went so over budget and when it was released it was a massive flop and that well, was it's probably the... when they saw the real dollar signs right it, and all these producers at the top they're like oh we can make it better we can do more we yeah. can make more and it, when you start to have that attitude it's just like the, the creativity just loses its luster yeah. and you end up with bullshit that we've got today yeah and most of the shit that comes out is just fucking garbage yeah but as Alan was saying with the, the, the horror films uh, things there was quite a few this or a couple this year yeah there was a couple um, one of my favourites is uh, Alligator well yeah. of course though, it's, it's the old fairy tale oh yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a, a, a kind of jaws a crocodile uh, down the down the uh, in the sewer somewhere but in this case an alligator but yeah it, it was one of those um jaws, i don't jaws think films. i've ever seen this one oh, okay it's, it's good mm -hmm. yeah it's it's, 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 it's hokey it's, it's, it's a very it's a, you know. it's a b movie because it, it, they movie. start off with a little baby alligator flush down the toilet yeah, and, and it's basically, as it grows um, into this mega beast oh right and start stalking them it's, 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 it's family of yeah. florida you know father uh father mother 
and their little uh, little girl. They go to an alligator show, and you know the, the, the mum says, "Okay, you can take a pet home." And they say, "He's buy this little baby alligator." Again, you probably wouldn't get away with doing that. Of all pets, yeah, yeah. Of all pets. And this then, is the eighties. Um, yeah, and then <laughs> what, they get it home, and time progresses, and the dad has a, has a bit of a meltdown uh, over something, and and he, and he just basically grabs the alligator out of his out of his uh, tank and basically throws it down the toilet. Just, just says, "Don't worry, we'll tell it it died." Bastard. And uh, this is in, I think it's in Chicago. I think it's a set mainly. Yeah, yeah it's in Chicago. Chicago yeah. But obviously, as time progresses, there's a uh, pharmaceutical firm who are testing uh, chemicals out on animals, like dogs, for instance. Okay. It's mainly dogs. Right. The dogs aren't taken to very well, and they're dying. So they're hiring this this pet shop owner, played by an actor from The Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, not um, my cigarette. Oh, um, um, the the guy I played on yeah. the uh, the one you played, yeah. Cigarette, my cigarette, Mr. Mr. Cheswick. That's it. Cheswick. Yeah. Yeah. He's a pet shop owner. Yeah. Who incidentally sells uh, for Forster's the main character is a detective in this, a dog. Mm. Uh, but he's supplying this pharmaceutical company with animals. And obviously they're testing them, the dogs are dying, they're, they're then hiring him to dispose of them, and obviously he's thinking, oh, I'll just chuck them in the sewer. Mm. And not, to, not knowing that they're actually, this alligator, they thrive in sewers. This alligator is, is eating the dead dogs, uh, and all the, all the chemicals inside are actually turning this alligator into something of, mega beast of, of, of huge yeah, yeah how tall how big is the alligator in the I end i think it goes to something like 30 meters or something <laughs> oh, yeah. no it's, it's huge you know yeah. and eventually it breaks oh. through the concrete out that's to it. the street it's a great sort through of concrete yeah well yes how strong it is yeah, yeah. it's um right. i say okay. it's a b move it's a b move but the effects it's, it's all but um i know you not, have to suspend disbelief not yeah. motion yeah. capture yeah. but it's kind of a lot of model work a lot it's basically they built a street Right, uh, yeah. like a, a, a scale street, a smaller size scale street, and they basically got a, yeah, a real alligator, the... and they just got to walk it up this set. Oh really? Yeah. Actually, oh no, it looks. And it looks the time. Cool. I remember that and the and the um and the alligator hunter getting eaten. Yeah, Henry Silver. Yeah, yeah. Colonel Colonel Brock. Colonel Brock. Yes, because yeah. he's getting interviewed oh, by the. Uh, he's getting interviewed yeah. by the. <laughs> he's yeah. He's, he's he gets interviewed by this glam TV uh, news reporter, and um, she um he tries to seduce her by making. Erotic noises that alligators make. That's not an alligator. And she goes, he goes, he goes. What if he, what if he's looking for a partner to, in the wild? He goes, well, he makes it sound like this. Ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he starts grunting. Uh, 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 yeah, it's his face. I'll, 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 yeah. It's, 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 yeah. He's taking great pleasure in this. Yeah, he, he knows. He, yeah, he does. He's, he's um. So spoiler alert. He's a bit like Quint in Jaws. So uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much a Jaws <laughs> ripoff in a way. Yes, it's yeah. one of those kind of films that. Really, Jaws, from Jaws, a, a, a more successful. Yeah. Oh, when Jaws take. came out, he had a million and one copies. He had, he had Orca, yeah. the Killer Whale, and Piranha, Piranha. and uh, this Free one, Willy. Alligator. Well, I don't know, Free I Willy. Or, I think Orca yeah. and Piranha were 70s. They were in the 70s, weren't they? Yeah. They were, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Alliga no, I just mean on the back of. Alli yeah, yeah, Alligator was the first 80s. Uh, the Jaws 80s one, yeah. Rip off. So uh, let's move on to uh, Shining. Yeah, okay. Horror theme alive. Yeah, um, horror film. Cause there's quite a few horrors. Uh, this is the, the John Carpenter's of The Fog as well that come out this year. Yeah, John Carpenter of The Fog. I think Jamie Curtis was also in that. So he, he used her from obviously two years so, prior from Halloween. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, quite a prolific, um, prolific period at this time, didn't he? He was quite dominant, John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah, he was obviously, I think, one of our coming up episodes, we'll talk about a uh, very. Escape from New York. Escape from New York, The Thing um, coming up. The Thing, oh, yeah. yeah. Big Trouble. Yeah. Big Trouble Little China. Yeah. 
but The Shining, it should be talked about. Uh, yeah, this is the only Kubrick film I like, and I I, yeah. I know that he's he heavily borrowed from Hitchcock's style. Yeah. For Shining, so I I, well, I, I say it's a bit more cerebral than, than Hitchcock. You know, it's more. Uh, but it's, thinking you know, the, man's the pacing and the pacing and the build yeah. and the whole tension is definitely Hitchcock. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it's it's good because it in it cleverly interprets something. I don't think. Stephen King's version of The Shining is all that great, and I think right. that Kubrick sort of interpreted it kind of slightly better because I've seen Stephen King's version. Yeah, he did a, a two-part TV yeah. episode, and there. it was a bit lame. I, I don't know. I didn't like the direction of the story they went with. I kind of preferred Kubrick's one because I thought it was a bit more creepy. I think Kubrick got that one right, actually. Yeah, I didn't like the casting of Shelley Duvall though. No, no, I I just got really pissed off with her as the film went on because she was just such a flake, <laughs> you know. And I don't know whether this, he was forcing her to be like that, but, yeah. or whether it, that was her characteristic anyway. But no, well, it's it, it the you know it's, it's it's Kubrick. I mean, to me, the, the, each one of his films is a bit special because every one he did was in a different genre, and this is obviously a, a horror genre. Um, well, he was effective, which is why I don't like... I mean, like Clockwork Orange, I don't like because it's effective. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It no, does its job, and yeah. I don't like that because it's really uncomfortable yeah. to watch. Yeah, no, I mean, but to me, there's not only that, but there's the technical stuff as well. He's very innovative. And he's a lot of the... Shi uh, the sh in The Shining, there's um, Steadicam use, which is... Yeah. Um, right. First um, use of it, well, I think, was in Rocky a few years before and uh, with the circling um well not just that of, of rocky running up the steps of the museum and, okay. and thinking it created a smooth glide oh yeah of course yeah, and yeah stuff and so but this he took it a step further and had it mounted to um as danny the kid is riding his tricycle around the hotel and it's literally following it at sort of ground level the sound design the sound design is great because he goes from the hardwood to the carpet yeah. to you know um, Very and 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 the final sequence in the maze is all sort of steady cammed and um Thing. So it is. It, he technically he's always sort of pushing um, the envelope in that sense. Did you have a favourite moment in that scene, Alan? The Shining. Yeah. I think he's got, yeah. As soon as he goes, as soon as he starts going nuts and he's typing uh, on the old uh, typewriter. But that is, that's funny though yeah. because he was typing that all along. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he? So he was mad to begin with. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's there to write uh, write his, uh, his I suppose his novel, isn't he? That's mm -hmm. why he's there thinking, okay, look after this big hotel. He's going to give me a chance to write. A chance to sit here during this seat quiet season and go insane write, write my book and, yeah and whatnot but he's, 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 and then all of a sudden he's just writing this so shit. it's that scene where she turns up and she finally decides to look at what he's been writing writing yeah and what what's interesting about that is uh in, in <laughs> this is so very kubrick is that you go through each page and it's all says all work and no play makes jack a dull boy and it's all written in different styles and, and fonts and paragraphs and things. And, and Which is a kind of an oxymoron of itself. Yeah, but, yeah. It, but if she flicks through it, each page says it, because she, obviously she has to flick through them all. So yet she, they have to have pages and pages of oh this God, stuff. Oh, God, yes, some poor bastard had but to write But the same poor bastards also had to write uh, the exact same thing in French for the French versions and Italian. No. Uh, yeah, because cause you couldn't have... <laughs> You couldn't have the. He didn't want to have the subtitle say "All work, no play makes Jack." Their boys are flicking through. He could have done that, but he right because there's you know subtitles. He, he thought no, he want them to read the. the, the that's the rumor anyway. Oh, whether that's it's... some fucking love for the craft. Wh wh yeah, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But that, that's Back that's the rumor. Computers, you yeah. just copy and paste. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm sure. I'm sure the the the. the um, whether you it's true better or not. be paying my but, ass but he, for this shit. Yeah. 
the, the, that's the kind of guy who uh, directs who he was. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. We'll have to. Um, if you if you if you if you've seen the French or Italian or Spanish versions, then please. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Um, you know. But let, I want to talk about the ending because th that last shot really confused a lot of people, and I know that there's a lot of nods. I know Kubrick put in some um, subtle references to the moon landings. There's a whole video on it, and it's really interesting, and I I kind of have agreed and bought into it so do check that out but the ending is where uh, everyone's sort of slightly confused because it focuses on that picture and mm -hmm. it's of well jack jack's, jack's, jack's in, in the picture he, he's, party, isn't it? yeah yeah it's yeah. the new year's eve party um and it's he's well the hotel has him now i mean he's he's the he's, he's, he's is that what he's the become, suggestion is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the way, I, well, that's the way I interpret it is, is that he's now part of the ghost of the hotel, right? Because um, he's well, physical being is frozen in. Well, spoiler alert: is frozen to death in the maze, so he's dead. So the hotel, true. the ghost has him now uh, in this hotel, and that's how he appears in this photograph. But there's that whole scene with I think it's death. Is it? Is it death that he's he's talking to, or it, it's some? Or it's the devil? The janitor guy, the barman. yeah, the barman. Yeah, you got the barman, and you got the um, the other butler, and he, but he the butler uh, who yeah. Jack says, "No, you were the caretaker." And he says, "No, no, 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 no it's you. You've been you're here the all along." I'm, 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 yeah, exactly. Because he says, "No, no, you told me the caretaker was you, and you killed your twin girls with an axe." <laughs> Great, Mister Grady. His name is uh, he says Delbert Grady. So is he suggesting that there's a whole reincarnation thing going on, and this guy keeps going, being, being, being yeah, kind born, of, and yeah. then going to the hotel yeah. and doing the same thing repeatedly over history? Is well, the great thing is? is it's left to your imagination. Nothing's underlined. Yeah, so. and that's why I liked it, because I don't think Stephen King's version had that. No. Or, you know, it was, a bit, it was just a bit weird. Yeah. But, but uh, keep the horror theme, there's a certain hockey mask wearing... Well, that's slightly incorrect. Slightly, slightly. Slight. Oh yes, yes. no, Although not in this version. He didn't have his hockey yeah. mask this, in this one. I take that back. Sorry. This is uh, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Kickstarter to uh, a series of eight, nine, about twelve films. I think we're on. Twelve. Yeah, about twelve. There was <laughs> there was eight of them in the in the, in between eighty and eighty nine. Uh, all owned by Paramount at this point. They didn't sell it off to New Line until. Oh, so it's a studio-based film. So yeah, yeah. But Friday Thirteenth was the start. Uh, Seanus Cunningham cr created this based on the success of another holiday-based yeah. movie, Halloween in '78, and thought, okay, let's just make something out of Friday the Thirteenth. In which case, uh, yeah, obviously everyone knows it's Jason with a hockey mask. Which actually didn't wear this hockey mask until uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Three. <laughs> The, the end the end of Friday Thirteenth is obviously the, this this one girl she survives she manages to off Betsy Palmer at the end and she jumps in a canoe and thinks I'm just gonna snooze in this and get away from it all because I'm because why not fucking traumatized yeah and and she kind of wakes up and all of a sudden this very odd looking boy just that? leaps out the pool uh, lake sorry grabs her and drags her in the water it's yeah. like, is it like a, a proper shock ending yeah it's a very sh very shock ending there's the a lot of red herrings in, in Friday Thirteenth one person dies in the woods and you literally see a man's hand with a knife going i don't like that i don't like when they, when they actually do yeah things like that yeah make it a bit more and obscure. i believe this was kevin bacon's first film yeah i, could, I, could I, was, I was just about to say that is this, is oh, he, he, he dies in he's, such a horrible way yeah man. she's she's under the bed and he's she just grabs him around the head and then she i think she ends up uh spearing him just, yeah the neck from under the bed oh, i was amazing how yeah they that was that. Uh, that, that's done a lot um I, I need to really look at this but i think tom savini did a lot of the effects for the Friday Thirteenth series. I know he did the makeup. Um, 
if I'm not mistaken, a very, well, a younger Stan Winston was involved in the Friday Theme series. Oh, wow. Oh, really? I think he was the one who came up with some of the Jason makeup in the later entries. Oh, right. Some people detach themselves from horror films. They just do it. They don't I mean, like it. I mean, some people just, they, I do get it, because, like, you've got... Um... Yeah, Christopher Lee was like that, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. We, we, we went uh, a few years back to see him, and... Um... About 2002 this was yeah yeah and they were told he didn't want to talk or sign anything about dracula right so not kind of horror stuff he was happy to, to do star wars and lord of the rings and everything I mean, and james bond yeah. but he, he didn't want to he do... raised an eyebrow to me when i gave him the wicker man to sign oh really yeah yeah, yeah he, got, he went oh yeah he like yeah what's we your had... name young man and went uh alan 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 <laughs> And, uh, yes, we must mention that Alan uh, met the late great Mark Christopher Lee. Alan, take a picture of you. And he goes, oh, well, certainly. Yeah, I got uh, one. Yeah. In those days, it was a throwaway camera. It wasn't the best quality. Yeah. You have to get that scanned, actually. We should put it on the uh, Get it scanned, online. pass it through Remini. Yeah, because yeah. he, um, he was... He was um, he, he, he was a gentleman. He was very welcoming. Yeah. He was very welcoming. You're right. He signed it, though, right? He did sign it. Oh, yeah. but He's proud of that film. To Alan from Christopher Lee. Well, say where with would say we're like... Friday the 13th here, it's, um, it's at a time when the practical effects were in full swing. Mm. There was no computers or anything, everything was done practically. Oh, there's, a, there's a film there uh, that you should mention for the, the, the last of its kind, thank God, when time ran out. This is the last of the 70s disaster genres. Remind us of what, what you mean. The, the, well, the disaster genre of the 70s, it was a very big film genre of, of like, started with airport, I think it was, you know, and, like, yeah. a natural disaster, like, you know, a pilot's knocks unconscious, who's going to fly the plane? Right. And then, you know, that's what, air, yeah, uh, yeah. airplane spoofing. And then the side adventure, and then the tower and inferno. <laughs> And um, so this was the last uh, earthquake was same year, I think. Is that James Franciscus? Uh, no, 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 but he's in this one, he's in this one, okay. Yeah, James Franciscus. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's called When Time Run Out, and it's and it's basically it's the last film feature film produced by Owen Allen. And Owen Allen was the master of disaster, he called himself, and he because he made a killing on with Poseidon Adventure and um, Tower and Inferno and so on. But this one, basically, when time ran out, as Allen rightly called it, when the budget ran out. Um, <laughs> it, 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 because it's it's absolutely appalling. It's set on a island, uh, like somewhere like Hawaii, where there's this volcano where they've just built this super rich resort for people. Oh, the uh, they said, oh, the volcano will never erupt, and it's got people with some A-list people like Paul Newman and um, Jacqueline Bissett, uh, Ernest Borgnine, or you know, previous people who worked with. Um, of course, because Borgnine was in uh, Yeah, and, and Newman was Tower and Inferno. I think they basically had a two-film contract, so it was a mixture of those casts. They, I don't think they could get out of it, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, yeah, but he was, he was clever, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, the volcano erupts, and it's done very badly. You know, I mean, it's not even done with models and things like that. It's just all like plasticine. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> dreadful. And it's and so the strawberry the big build up yeah. to um, yeah, basically it's a project. On, on yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 absolutely horrendous. And um and it's a great it's good. And the only reason I mention it is it, it basically it's a great full stop of seventies of where that that type of film stopped. Funnily enough, in the nineties it was resurrected the disaster genre. They, they well, that was thanks to independence. Day, yeah, Independence Day. They 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 had that kind of was like, something else before. No, it, I, I think remember. it was. Yeah, so it was ninety six. So what we had volcano about ninety six or ninety seven. Yeah, but they did volcano and Dante's Peak. Yeah, when was Dante's Peak? After ninety seven. Okay. So so basically, it, 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 and then Daylight. I think there was another one with yeah. Stallone and so so it kind of it had a mini revival. This disaster genre um, thing. But at the time, this was like this was no it, one right? wanted to see it. It was terrible. 
by all accounts, it was you know you. I bet Paul what... Newman was. A... No, no, he he'll he'll he if I think if anyone mentioned it to him, he sort of just um, backhanded. Not, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he got paid uh, a few quid, <laughs> but you can see in the film actually, and Alan's can testify to it that they're they're not exactly giving their best no. in the film yeah. they're like like they're literally phoning, phoning, in. phoning in is a great expression so um wow. they literally just and as alan said yeah when time ran out when the, when the budget ran out it was just absolutely that's it that's it, that's it. Get, we have to end it there because we want to get as many they, they showings the money on Paul Newman. they well they 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 did they basically hyped it up with all these big stars but i think people once they sat down and thought actually this is horrendous we should brush on superman 2 and smoking in the bandit too really before we Oh, oh yeah no worries uh, um, because you know uh, superman too isn't you it? were the guys that got me into smoky and the bandit i yeah, had, I, this I, was completely <laughs> unknown to me and i think it was the cannonball run yeah that really did it because after i'd watched the cannonball run that's, i was like okay let's we'll talk about it in the next one because that's next year and it's, they're such waste of time but they're, they're so funny that, that you can see they're having enormous fun making them yeah and it oh, shows totally. on screen yeah and you and it, the, for their fun uh you know rubs off on the viewer you, you can see how, how well much you can see stuff. how much of an impression it has send something to the uh, whatsapp group it just sends anything just put anything and you'll see oh, okay but no this is the impression that these films have <laughs> <laughs> Girl, that's, that's yeah, my audio message for the group chat so. oh excellent yeah no that's uh, to me that that's that sums up the those films really yeah. but that laugh knows that you, you're in good hands you know because because bert's having a great time the viewers having a great time just the teeth and mustache uh, yeah, and, yeah and, uh, he, he was the big number one box office star of the 70s and funny enough this decade uh, things uh started to go south for poor old bert you know the, the, that good old boy sort of thing that didn't last into the 80s as much he did yeah. all right the so the next year 81 he had cannibal run and that was massive but i think yeah. that was the beginning of the end for poor old bert for for the 80s but no smoking bandit 2 was was, was great because obviously the first one was a big hit yeah huge success yeah uh, top Five, yeah, it was because they didn't expect it to be a big, big hit. Um, and the director was a former stuntman, never made a film before. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And they literally got the ball rolling, and they were able to get financed and got the cast they wanted. You got Jackie Gleason as the the sheriff. You some bitches couldn't close an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so many great one-liners, and I think Alan and I, we, we sort of grew up on those films. They're always on TV. Oh, yeah. um, and so they they made three of those ultimately in the on, a, on, a, actually, on a rainy I, sort of I remember afternoon. My, I remember my dad actually recording Smoking Man at two on TV, and I wore the tape out. I actually watched it. Yeah, it, watched it again, rewound it. It's got it tremendous I must, repeat I I value. It, I think yeah. I watched it five times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've watched it uh, as much as you. You know, they're not they're not um, groundbreaking uh, in terms of filmmaking, but they they just got tremendous. They're good for repeat a laugh. value. They, they they make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. and they, and the stunts are great with the yeah. cars and. And it's and it is genuinely humor. funny as well. Yeah, Jackie Gleason is just on top form. Yeah, he's like, plus the, what, this is the one with Dom DeLuise, the Italian doctor trying to get to. Um... Oh, is that the dodgy bloke in the van? No, 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 no he's the Italian doctor. They've they picked up an elephant, yeah. and the elephant's pregnant, and so they said, We need someone medical to look at it. And then they find this <laughs> doctor who's like having lunch, <laughs> and he's treating someone with swamp fever. 
and yeah. um, so he, he says, "Can you have a look at this this patient? She's rather big, doctor. We must warn you, she's rather big. Big, big, big is no problem. You know, yeah. I, I tell you in Sicily, I have this woman. Her name is Tutantessi, and then you get this. She's as big as a house, and then you hear this elephant roar, and he comes running around. Oh my God, she's even bigger than Tutantessi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's Bob's his uh, ambulance driver. Oh yeah, Bob. Yeah, Bob. Bob. Bob, you son of a bitch, Bob. 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 Bob dries off without him, and he, and and um, the poor guy with swamp fever yeah. in the back. Uh, yeah, but it's it, it's they're great films, and and um, what with that, and and then Superman too. Yeah, Superman too. Um, is, 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 he's talking about with, Gene Gene Hackman. That is uh, his relative Gene, finest, I think. Well, he, I, I, I quite I, I liked him. I, I liked Superman two was shot, believe it or not, at the same time as Superman one, mm. or seventy percent of it was yeah, shot. Yeah, so shot with uh, Dick Donner, wasn't it? And 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 the um, yeah, it was Richard Donner who went on to do the for weapon film. Films. My and, man, and, and, and and the Goonies and everything, you know, he's he's, yeah. he's tremendous. And this big film before this was The Omen, but what happened is they had a falling out with the studio, and they fired um, Richard Donner, and they hired this guy called Richard Lester, who made um, the Beatles films, Hard Day's Night, Help, and things. So he was he was a much more lighter director and, and a lot more comedic director and yeah. you can see in this film that his reshoots and things he added there's a lot more sort of comedic moments yeah did the Eiffel Tower sequence with yeah yes right yeah <laughs> with uh, old, old, old Uncle Monty yeah and he uh, also added more things with the with the villains blowing the blowing the air down the street and and, and causing a twister of yeah that hurricane and there's a guy's wig falls off and ice cream lands on someone's face so there's all sorts sort of humor like that was added and the kind of story is a little bit all over the place in terms of you know because you've got these great actors playing the villains you've got three villains as well as gene hackman you've got terence stamp as general zod and um who's acts it fantastically he's, he's yes. over the top uh, but, camp, but just the right amount and um because yeah, yeah, yeah and they, they arrive on earth and basically want to take over instantly and do you know they go to the white house they think this is where the leader of the, <laughs> the free the world earth is, is and, and they have to kneel before zod so 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 it's and in the mix you kind of got the, the original you know christopher reeves as superman and who's the definitive superman for, he is for the my definitive money superman, mate. you know he he, he he really believed uh he was that guy oh, you know, mate, so, so his, his own story fucking... in this version though kind of got sidetracked a little bit that's mainly because of the replacement director and stuff and they fixed it with the richard donner cut he came back and he and... came back and they found original footage and what happened was the marlon brando was supposed to return in the sequel and they got an argument about money so when they re originally released the sequel they cut brando's scenes out and reshot them with the actress who played his mum so, and so so when he loses his powers originally the, the the mum did the scene so by that time they released the second one brando had since passed so they were able to put his scenes back in and that you can see reeve acting with uh, brando and um giving him his powers back well, and, and... there's a problem with the dick donner cut yeah there's a massive problem and i have this problem with it what's it's that? to do with the guy if you remember around superman 2 <laughs> he has a problem with that guy in the diner oh, right, there's only a minute stake yeah he says the bully him, he beats up clark yeah. kent yeah yeah, yeah. So, oh, he, yes, he's, yeah and he's got yeah, no yeah, powers guy, so he can't fight this back. guy kicks a shit out of clark kent <laughs> and then clark kent thinks that's pretty so i'm going back to being superman again <laughs> So he goes, does his thing, and he and he does the thing. He, he does. He, he goes around the world to turn time back, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, now, if he's turned time back, this thing, this incident with this guy didn't happen. Yeah. Why did he have to then go back to the diner and beat this guy up again? 
Oh yeah, no, that's a good point. That's, yeah. that's unfair, really. Yeah, yeah, he, like, what the fuck did I do? No, but he, he was still exactly. he, he was, had the shit kicked out. Of I, I think he deserved. <laughs> oh, he, no, I think he is justified. The guy was a bully anyway. It, it, yeah, okay, he would have done well, it to someone else. Yeah, to be fair, all right. You know, yeah, he's Superman. Enough. He could have just like taken. He, he could have done. Just let him let him drift into the galaxy. That, that would have been a bit more harsh. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very dangerous when you start to introduce time into things into your plot line because then people are just going to go. Well, why didn't you just fucking? Lazy. Go back before, right? But no, I, it, that's pretty much you know all. Can we do all a shout out of some some some? I can do a yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of I mean, there's, there's quite a few that have come in. I just, the just want to give a shout out to some uh, uh, other films that they might for the, for might for me uh, stick out. Well, for um, me, uh, in which way you can. Yeah, sequel yeah. to Which Way But Loose, Clint Eastwood, um, and the uh, the chimp, or Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lewis, or the orangutan Clyde, yeah, yeah, and the and the old Black Widow gang and Sandra Locke, obviously, uh, not as good as Every Which Way But Loose, but yeah, one of my favourites. It's a good one for me. Uh, the Blues Brothers, this is a, yeah, you know, classic. Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd and, and John, Belushi. John Belushi, and it's very, um, very well treasured movie. That. Yeah, yeah, and it's the start of a great run of films for John Landis. You know, uh, he wants to do Trading Places and oh, my God. oh this America. is his first. We'll, okay. we'll talk about that, but I just want to mention. Um, American Gigolo as well by Paul Schrader that was a great film that that was the first of this decade this sums up the 80s brilliantly because it's very it's quite very stylish very style style over content almost and, and it looks very 80s in terms of the lighting the synthetic uh, well the synth music yeah. Blondie doing the song Call Me and, and the, the, the wardrobe is very 80s it's just the most 80s looking film of this year I think yeah it sort of set, set the trend I do want to just sort of nod to Mad Max the first Mad Max because yeah. this started the whole thing but this was very weird this is a very weird first entry it's more of like a Pink Floyd music video more than a yeah. him you know it was very yeah, yeah. surreal and you don't really know what's happening you feel <laughs> slightly uncomfortable yeah. but it did serve because the, the second one um, was just absolutely fucking magic. Yeah. Uh, oh god, what's the second one called? Rogue Warrior. Rogue, Rogue Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yes, of course. I love it, and so I don't even know the that's, name. That's the next year, I think, isn't it? Eighty-one. Is it? Yeah. So we'll, yeah, we will be. Oh no, yeah. no, sorry. Yeah, maybe was seventy-nine. Yeah, but no, it's eighty. Ro Rogue Warrior is eighty-two. Yeah. But we'll we'll get there when we, yeah. when the episode arrives. I'm, I'm sure I will. Yeah. Uh, also from childhood, Flash Gordon, you know, great Saturday afternoon. Yeah, Flash Gordon, you two love that. I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't stop laughing yeah. at it. Yeah. Uh, Big we, 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 we like it. Yeah, all right. Brian it's not, Blessed at his best. Yeah, really. Brian. Brian Blessed, die! <laughs> There's no need for a microphone with Brian Blessed yeah, around. Yes. And uh, um, Timothy Dalton's in that as well. Yeah, young Timothy pre Bond. Oh God, yeah, Remington oh, Timothy. Timothy with his with his and and Timothy's actually playing it straight, isn't it? Like, like, like he's taking it's, it like it's trying to. Also, um, Crystal May's host. Uh, Richard O'Brien, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there are, there are others. They're good, but they're, they're not really. Yeah, well, well that, that was great, you know. but it sets up the, the. I think this basically, I think, I want to highlight American Gigolo. That sets up for me the eighties, uh, the look to come, the 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 sharpness, the the the. the music you know the, the, we, the we end of even... the disco and it's the start of the the rock song and the saxophone on the soundtrack and you know. but we haven't even just started talking about caddyshack well no caddyshack is a good one actually we should end on the, the um you know again it's how ramis who who uh, uh was egon you know ghostbusters that's all to come yeah. but he um Murray, Chevy but, Chase. yeah it's the saturday night live big screen version of saturday night live and um yeah, Rodney Dangerfield. For me, Rodney Dangerfield steals the film. 
um, uh, along with Ted Knight as the judge. And it also gave us the, uh, yeah, the judge, the, uh, the well... We're waiting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's um, he's just constantly wound up throughout the film. Yeah. the judge and um, uh, uh, but yeah, you got Chevy Chase casually, you know, uh, just 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 walking through the film. Yeah, yeah, he's basically <laughs> it's got one of your favourite lines in it, really, isn't it? You know, smoke drugs, Tony. Yep, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 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 you got um, so you got that, and then Bill Murray playing this kind of. Um, obsessive greenskeeper who's trying to kill this gopher. So this is kind of one of his first big films. But no, for me, yeah, Ronnie Dangerfield, you know, um, who ends with the, 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 you know, he wins the golf game at the end and ends with, uh, hey, everyone, we're all going to get laid. And they were like, <laughs> um Which basically, I guess, uh, is a good way to end it. Uh, so that, that kind <laughs> of really, you know, it really does wrap up 1980. Uh, you know, it, it's the start of such great things to come. And there's some brilliant movies on the horizon for 1980, and we can't wait to get there and start talking about them. I hope you've enjoyed this first episode. We hope you enjoyed this first episode. And it's goodbye from Mark. Uh, goodbye. And it's goodbye from Alarm. Goodbye. Um, we'll see you next time, guys. See you later. <laughs>